Hello, and thanks for joining us again for another story about the Peters children. This week's story, Penelope Tells Her Mom, is a story about friendship, cheating, and a secret. And if you've been listening for any length of time, you know that in each story, you'll hear the title of a hymn or a line from a hymn. In this week's episode, the hymn may not be so obvious, and we're not asking you to identify a chorus or a children's song, but we're asking for a hymn title or a line from a hymn. So make sure to listen carefully. If you hear it, email your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. Last week's winners were Kaylee and Kenzie from Bird in Hand, Pennsylvania. They sent in the correct answer of, My Life is an Offering from the story, Pearson's Pigsty. So three cheers for Kaylee and Kenzie. Hip, hip, hooray! And don't forget, the author of the Penelope series wants to remind you that after the story, be sure and have a listen to the hymn to familiarize yourself with it. Now, it's time for the story. Penelope tells her mom. The grounds of Evergreen Elementary were covered in a snowy, icy blanket on a bleak winter day in late January. Normally, students look forward to recess, but during the winter months, the snow was hard, crusty, and grimy, which made playing outdoors somewhat arduous and unpleasant. And while children seemed to be able to go coatless in some inordinately low temperatures, sometimes the chill in the air without a fresh pile of snow made things downright gloomy. That it was Thursday, however, brightened Penelope's outlook, because that meant Friday, and the weekend was coming. Penelope tried to focus on her math worksheet in front of her. The class was working on a unit of tallying, and she was especially enjoying it. She liked that every time she tallied five, she could slash across her four tally marks with a slanted tally mark. She derived a great deal of satisfaction each time she drew a slash with such vigor. She was working on the number 43, so she put down eight sets of five tally marks, followed by three straight tally marks. She wished it had been 45, so she could end it with a slash, but that's okay. She had plenty more to go. Her good friend Emily was sitting at the desk next to her and was concentrating on her worksheet. To her left was Nora, who was Penelope's relatively new neighbor across the street. Although she and Penelope had become fast friends, Mama Peters often reminded Penelope to be salt and light to Nora. That Penelope and her older brother Pearson should be salt and light was a constant refrain from Mama Peters each morning before school. It was their routine that Mama Peters would read something from the Bible or from a missionary story, and then she would quote Colossians 3.23 and would pray with them that they would go out into the world and be salt and light. Penelope was always puzzled by the salt and light part. What in the world did salt and light have to do with being a person? So just last week, Penelope had asked Mama Peters for an explanation. Mama Peters did a great job of laying it out for Penelope. Pen, she had said, when food does not have saltiness, it is tasteless. It is no good. Salt also preserves things. It keeps them from getting rotten. If there's no salt in food, then it would be yucky. And if there was no salt to keep things from spoiling, we would have to throw away lots of rotten, stinky food. In the same way, light shines in the darkness. It shines through our words and our attitudes. When we are kind and loving and Christ-centered, people will see our light 
and it will make them wonder why we are different, and that gives us opportunities to share. Ah, now Penelope understood. And even though Penelope had heard it from Mama ever since she could remember, the repetition was necessary to remind her not to lose her saltiness or to become darkened by the world. It's easy to get sucked into the ways of the world. Generally speaking, all of Penelope's friends were sweet girls, but there were some who were not being raised by Christian parents, like Nora. And without thinking that she was better than Nora, she definitely recognized that there were differences between Nora and her. One of the differences was happening in that very moment. Nora leaned toward Penelope and whispered, Hey, Penelope, what's the answer to number 12? Immediately, Penelope felt strange and was unsure how to answer Nora. In the pretest instructions, their math teacher, Mrs. Hagee, had stressed that each student was to complete the work on their own, without help from anyone. And every time she gave that spiel about cheating, she ended it with this. If you get your answers from somebody else, you won't be only doing them a disservice, but you'll be doing yourself a disservice as well. This didn't make a whole lot of sense to Penelope, but she knew for sure that Mrs. Hagee was determined that the students should be doing their own work. So now what was Penelope to do? Nora sat waiting for the answer to number 12. Penelope knew the answer to number 12, but she didn't know what to say. She didn't want to hurt Nora's feelings. They were friends, after all. Penelope sat silently as her mind raced, trying to figure out what to do. She didn't want Nora to get the wrong answers, but that wasn't her fault. And yet the answer seemed so easy. Five tally marks minus two tally marks was clearly three tally marks. Why didn't Nora know the answer? The fact that the answer seemed so easy made it even more difficult for Penelope. She felt bad that Nora didn't know the answer. But Mama Peter's voice rang out in her head. Remember, be salt and light, darling. She even thought of Matthew 5.16 that she had memorized at Awana. Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. And she thought of her bedtime CD, which had similar words to Matthew 5.16. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Let your light shine before men. You are the light of the world. It was though a lightning bolt had struck Penelope. She knew, without a doubt, that it would not be right to give Nora the answer. Penelope glanced at Mrs. Hagee, who was sitting at her desk, and turned to Nora quickly. I'm sorry, Nora. I can't give you the answer. In that instant, Mrs. Hagee called to Penelope. Penelope, please come to my desk. Penelope's face was bright red as she walked slowly up to Mrs. Hagee's desk. Yes, Mrs. Hagee? Penelope's voice was shaking. What were you talking about with Nora? I... I... She was stammering nervously. I I was just asking... I, I, I was just answering a question, Mrs. Hagee. Penelope, you know you're not supposed to share answers. Each student must be responsible for their own work. I'm going to have to talk to Mr. Steely about this, honey. M Mrs. Hagee, but... But I, 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 I wasn't answering her question about any of the math problems... I was telling her I, I I couldn't answer her math question. Are you sure, sweetie? Was that all you were saying? What did Nora ask you? Oh, I, Mrs. Hagee, I, I just, I, I really don't feel like I should say. Would you just ask Nora? Penelope didn't want to tattle. And for sure she didn't want Nora to be angry with her. Why, oh, why had she just not ignored Nora's question? 
but then she quickly thought about how hurt Nora would have been if she had simply pretended not to hear. And perhaps that would have been cowardly, too. Ugh! What a pickle she was in! All right, I'll talk to Nora. You stay right here. Mrs. Hagee called to Nora. Nora, please come up front. Nora ambled up to Mrs. Hagee's desk, looking kind of sheepish herself. Nora, what did you ask Penelope? Mrs. Hagee got straight to the point. She was a kind teacher, but she did not mince words, ever. I didn't ask Penelope for anything, Mrs. Hagee. What do you mean? Penelope was horrified by Nora's answer. What a lie! Nora had asked Penelope for the answer. Wide-eyed, and with her mouth agape, Penelope stared at Nora. She could not believe this was happening. Mrs. Hagee wasn't finished interrogating Nora. So, Nora? Are you telling me you didn't ask Penelope for any of the answers to any of your math problems? No, Mrs. Hagee. I know better than that. Did you say I did, Penelope? Nora turned on Penelope, who was so dumbfounded that she couldn't answer, which was a fine thing because Mrs. Hagee didn't allow her to answer. Nora, Penelope did not tattle on you, and she was certainly not trying to get anyone in trouble, but it is imperative that you be truthful. Did you, or did you not, ask for any of the answers to any of the questions at all. It was Nora's turn to stammer and stutter. Well, not really, Mrs. Hagee. I was just checking my answers. I had already finished. I wanted to see if I had gotten the right answer. So I was checking with Penelope. Penelope was absolutely appalled by the words that came pouring from Nora's mouth. She couldn't understand why Nora was lying. Well, Nora, whether you were checking your answer or trying to get the answer, you are not to be talking to your neighbor. Mrs. Hagee was adamant. Yes, Mrs. Hagee, I'll remember that, Nora answered, as though she was a sweet little angel. But, but Mrs. Hagee, I... Penelope began, but she wasn't sure what she was even going to say. She didn't want to get Nora in trouble, but... Still, it was so unfair. Before Penelope had a chance to complete her incomplete thought, Mrs. Hagee spoke. Penelope, if anyone, anyone asks you anything, you need to just ignore it and talk to me about it. All right, Mrs. Hagee. Penelope wanted to defend herself so badly, but she recalled what Daddy Peters had told her. Never waste time defending yourself. If somebody thinks something of you, Explaining without being asked won't ever change a person's mind about you. God will defend you. Daddy Peters was constantly reminding Pearson and Penelope that it was better to endorse somebody's wrong opinion than to offer an unsolicited self-defense. Since Mrs. Hagee didn't ask for any further explanation, Penelope decided to just close her mouth. But it bugged Penelope to no end. She wanted to be vindicated in the eyes of Mrs. Hagee. But it was simply not to be at least for the moment. She decided to, instead, entrust herself to the one who judges justly. It was the verse that Daddy Peters always recited when one of the Peters family members thought they had been treated unfairly. Penelope had to rest in the idea that God knew the truth and that she had done nothing wrong. On the way home that day, Penelope looked forlornly out the bus window. Nora sat in front of her, and a few minutes into the bus ride, Nora turned to Penelope. Why'd you tell on me? 
I didn't take you for a tattletale before, but now I know, Nora said angrily. But Nora, I didn't tell on you. Mrs. Hagee thought I was cheating with you, and I said she needed to talk just to you about what happened. And you lied to her. You asked me for the answer to number 12. I didn't lie. I sort of fibbed. A little bit. What was I supposed to do? Anyway, I wasn't cheating. I just needed help. Well, sorry, Nora. But I really don't think I did the wrong thing. And it really bothers me that you lied. Will you stop saying I lied? Because I didn't. Nora was immovable in her denial and even more forceful in her response. I don't agree. But I, I don't want us to be angry with each other. Penelope softened, realizing that her friends simply couldn't see her own sin. And it filled Penelope's heart with compassion for Nora. Well, I don't want to be angry either. Can we just be friends and not talk about it anymore? Was Nora's response. Well, I want to be, but I'm still a little bothered. I, I feel like you betrayed me, but I'll pray about it. Why? What do you need to pray for? Nora wanted to know. I need to pray that I'll forgive you, because you made it seem like I lied. And Nora, I'm still pretty upset about that. I guess if you put it that way, I sort of did. So I'm sorry, Penelope, but please don't tell anyone, okay? Nora began to talk even faster. Especially don't tell your mom. She won't want us to play anymore. Before Penelope could respond, the bus pulled to a stop in front of her house, and Pearson, who was sitting in the back, ran up to Penelope and grabbed her hand lovingly. Come on, Pen. I see Daddy's car already. He's home. Let's go. Pearson was particularly excited because Daddy Peters rarely got home so early, and when Daddy Peters was home, it was like a mini holiday. Penelope glanced up and saw Daddy Peter's car and was equally excited. Since Nora lived across the street in the big blue house, this is where she got off too. But Penelope was already off the bus before Nora had even gathered her things. Bye, Nora! See you tomorrow! Penelope waved goodbye and sprinted up the driveway to her house. After a jubilant greeting from Daddy Peters and an explanation that his boss had let everyone go home early, Penelope walked into the kitchen where Mama Peters was already preparing the evening meal. The twins were sitting in their bouncy seats, watching from the floor. Penelope kissed Patience on her chubby cheek and picked up Priscilla. Hi, Mama Peters. I'm so glad Daddy is home. What a treat! Penelope remarked happily, even as her mind began to wander back to the unpleasantness of the day. Mama Peters, who seemed like she had eyes in the back of her head and that she could read minds, was able to read her children like no one else. Mom seemed to have an uncanny way of doing that. She looked up from the celery she was chopping. Hello, sweet daughter. Did something go wrong today at school? You seem troubled. How did Mama Peters know? Well, school was okay, but then... It was though a dam had burst, as Penelope launched into the story of all that had happened with Nora, and about how she hadn't defended herself with Mrs. Hagee. She told Mama Peters that Nora had told her not to tell her mom about it. By the end of the story, Penelope and Patience were crying. Mama Peter sat down at the table and began feeding the twins and gathering her thoughts. Well, sweet girl, it sounds like it was a hard day for you. Your friend betrayed you, but it sounds like you did the right thing. I'm thankful for how you responded, and I appreciate that you didn't listen to Nora, and you told me everything that happened in math class. Remember, we must never obey anyone who tells us to keep things from Daddy or Mama especially when someone tells us not to tell. We must realize that those are the very things that are extremely important to tell. 
But I want to tell you something else, Pen. Mrs. Hagee called me right after your math class today. She filled me in with as many details as she could. She also said she didn't want to get into the weeds, but that she was going to call Nora's mom as well. She wanted to reassure us that you didn't do anything wrong. She had a sense that you were being truthful. And she said how thankful she is that you're in her class. Now, Pen, I tell you all of that, sweet girl. Not so you'll boast, but I'm praising the Lord that you were salt and light both to Mrs. Hagee and Honora. She said all that, Mama Peters? The cloud that had descended over Penelope's day was slowly lifting. That makes me so happy. But I still don't know what to do about Nora, Mama. A good place to start is by telling her that you don't keep secrets from Mama or Daddy Peters. I don't think you should probably revisit what happened today. Nora doesn't know Jesus, and I think she admitted all she could admit for now. She wants to be friends with you, but we just need to remember that there is and should be a difference between you two. We need to pray for Nora that God will change her heart. And even though she wronged you today, you'll still want to show her love and care. That's a great idea, Mama. Maybe I'll draw her a picture right now. With Mama Peter's approval, Penelope set about drawing a picture for Nora. She first drew some pretty flowers. And two young girls holding hands and running through the pink and red and yellow and purple flowers to symbolize their friendship. The colors were bright and bold and vibrant. The next day on the bus, Nora seemed unable to look Penelope in the eye. Hi, Nora. I drew this picture for you. Nora took the picture and slowly unfolded it. She was silent as she stared at the paper in front of her. Penelope noticed a tear rolling down Nora's cheek. What's wrong, Nora? Oh, Penelope, I don't deserve this picture. Mrs. Hagee called my mom and told her what happened. And it seems like Mrs. Hagee and my mom don't even believe me. And they shouldn't believe me because what I said about you wasn't true. And my mom said I'm not allowed to ride the bus for three days. And she said it's a wonder that we're friends at all because I was downright long to lie about you. Nora's words spilled out so fast that it was difficult for Penelope to really comprehend what she was saying. Oh, Nora, it's okay. You're my friend. Friends let each other down sometimes. The only friend who doesn't is Jesus. He's the only one who knows us and really understands us. No one understands like Jesus. Oh, how Penelope desperately wanted Nora to believe in Jesus. She silently prayed for Nora as she continued. But Nora... Mama and Daddy Peters are also my best friends, and when you asked me to keep a secret from Mama Peters, I just couldn't. It wouldn't be right. I can never keep a secret from them, so I'm sorry, but I had to tell Mama Peters. Oh, that's okay, Penelope. I'm sorry I did you wrong. Maybe I need to learn from Jesus how to be a better friend, Nora blurted out. And Mrs. Hagee told my mom that I need to stay after to get some extra math help, so I guess that's not so bad. She's pretty nice but I'm going to have to explain everything to her, and I'm so scared. Well, I can pray for you. In fact, let's pray now. Penelope bowed her head and closed her eyes. Lord, would you give Nora courage to talk to Mrs. Hagee? Help her to tell the truth. And thank you that she'll be getting extra math help. And help her to be friends with Jesus. Amen. Nora was thankful for her good friend and hugged Penelope hard. Penelope made a mental note to pray for Nora every day that God would save her and draw her heart to Jesus. With their conversation over, Penelope and Nora got off the bus and together walked to class. Hi again from Grandmom's Corner. What a sweet story of how Penelope forgave and continued to extend friendship to Nora, despite her dreadful behavior toward Penelope. 
Nora didn't act like much of a friend when she put Penelope in such a tough spot by asking for a math answer, and was even less of a friend when she betrayed Penelope by lying about her to Mrs. Hagee. Penelope was loyal to Nora. She didn't want to get her in trouble. The irony is that Nora got angry with Penelope when Nora created the entire mess in the first place. But isn't that how sin works sometimes? It's extremely easy to blame others for our sins or to try to cover it up by lying, as Nora did when she lied about Penelope. The Bible, which is God's word, has a lot to say about lying. A verse in Proverbs says that God absolutely hates lying. But in our world, we often hear people say, Oh, I just told a little white lie. Or, I lied because I didn't want to hurt their feelings. Or, I just told a fib. Makes lying seem as though it's no big deal. But here's the deal. God commands that we tell the truth and that we live honest lives. Proverbs 12:22 says, Lying lips are an abomination. That word means something odious and awful and terrible to the Lord. But those who deal faithfully or in truth are his delight. The bottom line is lying is sin and cheating on schoolwork is a form of lying and stealing. It's pretending that we're turning in our work when we've stolen the answer from someone else. My husband is a high school teacher and he teaches a very high level of science. And the students who take his course are high-performing achievers. On occasion, he's caught students cheating. And when that happens, he will talk to the student and they'll get a zero on that test or assignment. But he always drops the lowest grade, so it doesn't usually count against the student. The student usually feels terrible, but my husband is gracious and kind and assures the student that it won't go on their record and that he'll not report it to the vice principal unless he catches them cheating again. The one thing he does require is that the student tell their parents that they cheated and that their teacher caught them. Parents love their kids and want the best for them. So it's a good practice to get in the habit of telling your parents and not keeping secrets, just as Mama Peters instructed Penelope. I'll conclude Gremlin's Corner by telling you what happened to one of the students whom my husband caught cheating. He did tell his parents and they were glad he told them. And when it was time for college, he asked my husband to write him a reference letter, which my husband was happy to write. This young man got accepted into a military academy. Before leaving for college, he came back and told my husband that he'd learned a valuable lesson. He appreciated that my husband was kind to him and he was glad that he had told his parents. And he took to heart what my husband always tells his students in the public school in which he teaches. You're cheating yourself when you cheat. And eventually, if you don't learn the material on your own, it will catch up with you later on. It is critical that as believers in Jesus, we live lives honestly and with integrity. Come back again next week for another story about the Peters children. Bye for now.